All right, welcome to the second episode of the 96th week of the Youth Thought Sports Podcast. Nobody has left from the first part, so it's myself, Jared, alongside Lucas, Aiden, Bart, and Wyatt. Let's get into some news we missed outside of the NFL here. Newsflash, Nebraska is the most frustrating team to watch play football that I think I've ever seen. If we think being a Notre Dame fan is hard, it is not as bad as being a Cornhuskers fan. The way Martinez fidgets in the pocket is just so maddening to watch. It, it just it just makes me mad. And quintessential Nebraska football. Joe Clatt mentioned this too on the broadcast. They score a touchdown, and then their extra point is blocked and returned for a freaking score for two points. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I can't it's imagine. Classic. Yeah, yeah, but I I'm just confused how you can say that with a straight face, knowing there's a Vikes fan on this podcast. True. <laughs> that, but they score. They put up like thirty something points, though. You know, that's in an NFL game. That's that's good. Uh, can I uh, can I make another comment about that game about the other side, the Oklahoma? Yes, I thought it was funny too. Um, uh, Lincoln Riley said he almost the, the crazy interception that Oklahoma made. He said he yeah. almost challenged it yeah. to try and get the interception overturned because like it was dumb to actually make that interception because it lost him like twenty yards of field position. So like, Lincoln <laughs> Riley said he came very close to like trying to get his own team's good play overturned. But you have to funny. let that stand at that yeah. point, you know. Uh, another college football news. We mentioned I mentioned this off air, but I want to get this on air. I can't be the only one that hates Notre Dame's two thirty Eastern kickoff time- times on NBC, can't I? I mean, I can't finish the nine a.m. Pacific games now, and you already don't finish the three thirty Eastern games either. So it's it's Notre Dame exceptionalism, is what I said. You know, that's a thing. Anyway, I need to get that two, out there. NBC you better be listening. Yeah, two thirty on Sundays, Jared. Do you like that? That's fine. Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, that they would never do that. That would be. I mean, fun. on the on the plus side, you do get to finish the three thirty games. Yeah. And the three thirty games are yeah. usually better than the noon games. Yeah, it's still stupid. But... It's still stupid. Let's yeah. <laughs> be honest. Uh, so here's a here's a joke I wanted to throw in there. People people that thought this was a different Florida State team this year, they were right. As they started the season zero three for the first time since nineteen seventy six. So there you go, Florida State. Um, one thing, you know, I, I kind of wanted to talk about this on the show, but just didn't really make the cut is obviously USC, you know, the the coaching, the head coaching search is underway and it's it's causing a frenzy. Obviously, Urban Meyer has been thrown out there. Joel Klatt was on. You can tell I listened to The Herd with Kong uh, Coward a lot, but Joel Klatt was on that show and mentioned some really interesting names that could be the USC coach or that they should at least call. One of them he listed, Brian Kelly. And my dad said he can see that, and I can't see that. So that's interesting. James Franklin over at Penn State is a good one. Obviously, Deion Sanders has been thrown around a lot. Uh, Ryan Day has been thrown around, as well as Mario Cristobal. The one I like, though, <laughs> one I like a lot is Eric Bieniemy, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a good one. hire. But I don't He's know. Somebody, that'd, that'd be an elite hire, but I think he probably would want to be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that I, that's. I a think he said he was ticket. open. That's a one-way ticket to the NFL, if you were to ask me, to go and be a head coach at a college program, and then because head coaches at college programs don't move up to become coordinators in the NFL. Yeah, but I feel like he, he already would, has an NFL coach resume, so like you know, he's been passed not. up. He's been passed like, up though. For some I know, but like one, yeah. like one of these. Do you think like getting the USC job and then is gonna be the thing he, that puts him over the top? Uh, yeah, I think. It might put what? him in for like a mid-level coaching position rather than 
maybe like a terrible Houston Texans team in two <laughs> years or something like that. You know, I think it also I think oh, it gives shit. him a new challenge too. And I I don't yeah, I think I he said not, in an interview but... that he was open to the job. I Didn't think he he, he like almost no, took cool. a Colorado or a school like that. Oh yeah. Um, so. mm-hmm. I think I mean obviously it's a pretty attractive job uh, overall. So I think especially with name image image and likeness stuff now too. I think that like USC has kind of an edge on that, but anyway, uh, some other news we missed. Ben Simmons will not report to Sixers training camp. He is holding out until he's traded. Is that is that what it is? So yeah, he said he'll never play for the Sixers again, which is so dumb. I oh my gosh, I'm not even a Sixers fan, and it, it annoys me. So I hope he doesn't go to the Blazers, man. That's that's all I hope. I know his name's been thrown around there, but I hope they don't make that trade. Yeah, the Wolves um, also have been thrown around. The Wolves? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. And then in our final yeah. NBA news we missed, J.J. Redick announced his retirement. That's all I got there. I don't have any. Sad. Third Cash. best field goal percentage ever for people with 4,500 attempts or more. <laughs> okay. That's that's so. like a fair stat, yeah, because you, you have to take a lot of shots. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, you know, you're hearing this right. We are talking about the MLB. Outside of the context of unwritten rules or marketing of the league or Wyatt trashing on Rob Manfred for some reason, each of us, excluding Wyatt, <laughs> each of us, <laughs> excluding Wyatt, are going to be taking the lead on one of the races for the final playoff spots and give our picks on those. Then the rest of us can chime in with what picks we feel compelled to do so. Let's start over with uh, Lucas and Aiden's NL East. You know, we got the Phillies and Mets there. Lucas, who's uh, what? Give us an update on the race and what you think is going to happen. All right, so here's where we're at. Arguably a three-team race, more likely a two-team race. <laughs> <laughs> don't even don't embarrass me like this, Lucas. <laughs> so the Braves are currently in first place. Um, over the Phillies, who are in second place. The Phillies got it down to one game, but then they have lost two straight. So it's now three games. Braves are up three on the Phillies, and Phillies are up another three on the Mets. So the Mets are six games back of first. Um, if I have to give it to someone, and I'll be honest on two things. One, this is a homer pick, and two, I wrote this when the Phillies were a game back. Um, I will give the edge slightly to the Phillies for one of the one of the largest reasons being that their remaining schedule is a lot easier than the Braves' is. Um, except for their series against the Braves, the Phillies only have series left against losing teams. Whereas the Braves have reasonably tough series against the Mets and the Padres, and then the Phillies and Braves play each other um, in a remaining series this season as well. So while the Phillies can kind of cakewalk through the rest of their season, except when they play the Braves, I don't know. They lost to the Orioles last night, so I don't know what that really means. They're currently tied in the ninth with the Orioles as well. Um, <laughs> but they have a lot easier of a schedule going forward than the Braves do. And if they can even take, I'd say, if they take two of three in the Braves series, I think their record will be two to three games better over the course of the rest of the season just because of how easy the schedule is. Um, plus, among all three teams... And then the Mets, I just don't think are going to, you know, make it. Um, plus, I think the <laughs> Phillies um, have the player who's playing best among anybody of those three teams at this point. Um, baseball, we know, is an individual game, but Bryce Harper is playing out of his mind, like, the last few months of the season. He's batting over three fifty since the All-Star break with over 1,000 OPS. 
he's one of the leading con- contenders for the NL MVP. And while, again, he's only one player, just uh, having someone who plays at that elite level helps. The rest of the Phillies, especially the pitching, has to be better, though, and just has to be consistent if they really want to win. So I'll say Phillies, like, 55%, Braves, 45%. If I have to make a prediction, who's making it out of the NL East. Okay. Aiden? Did you? Did, I didn't do any research on this race. I'm so sorry, Aiden. <laughs> did you do any research on this? You know, you know a little bit about I, this. I've, Come on, I've now. been trying to forget about how the Mets are doing. I've finally, <laughs> I officially stopped like hoping like like mid last week. Um, okay. So the Mets are out. Um, I'm going to talk a bit later about the NL wild card and how I, I was a bit high on the Phillies, though I agree, Lucas. The last uh, last two games have uh, kind of dampened that especially given that there are only like 12 games left in the season um, but I do think the Phillies have a good shot given yes the the easiness of their schedule um, I do think that like it's it's what three and a half games now three games um, three games so, but so. they're losing to, they're now losing to the oh, Orioles no. oh wow that, that, that's, <laughs> that's pretty hard to yeah come back from so yeah yeah okay fair I'm going to take the reins for the American League wildcard race. There are four teams vying for the last two spots, which only gets you a sudden death elimination game. So that's like a nice prize for that. But Boston, Toronto, Yankees, and the A's. Boston obviously is going to be one of the teams. They they already have the top spot. They're one and a half games up before I checked. Uh, before the games finished today, they were one and a half games up. And they're riding a five-game win streak, seven and three in their last ten as well. Uh, so they're in a two-game series with the Mets, who we've already mentioned. Then they got the Yankees, who they're fighting against with the spot, right? So they can create some distance there. Then against Lucas's Orioles, where they have a three-game series, and they just came again. They just um, got off a, a series where they swept the Orioles. Then they have the tanky Nationals too. So I mean, really favorable. I know they just placed one of their relievers, Garrett Whitlock, on the IR, but they've been doing kind of. Sounds like they've been doing a closer by committee for most of the second half anyway, so I'm not too worried about that. And you know what? I actually purposely, purposefully lied. There are five teams vying for the last two spots, and that fifth team is the Seattle Mariners. They are three <laughs> games back before the games finish today, so I'm not sure if that's changed since we've been recording. But if I think the Red Sox will make it, that means I think the Yankees are going to falter. The Mariners are playing the lowly Angels. You know, like they're a wild card, but... You, you know, I shouldn't say they're a wild card. They're a streaky team. <laughs> uh, the lowly angels. Then they have the A's, the other team that they're fighting with, right? The only, like, thing that could stop this is the Blue Jays. Uh, they're playing a terrible Minnesota Twins team. I'm sorry, Bart. Then they have the Orioles again, who are the worst team in the MLB. Like, it's probably going to be the Blue Jays, but my official pick is Boston-Seattle. For And if that game, I don't know where the game would be played. I, I'm assuming boston because they have a better record, but if it's played in Seattle, we are going. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No love for the Yankees? My Heck Yankees? no, are no. you kidding me? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're a Yankees hater, come on. Yeah, come on. I mean, to be fair, they've been okay. They, they're 7-3 and three in the last uh, 10, but they were in free fall. I think yeah. they lost like 8 of 9 at, in like the previous 10 before that. So like, I think the energy there, as much as I love the Yankees, um, they're my favorite team, I think that they're just in such free fall at this point. Like the momentum is in the wrong direction. They've got like a relatively hard remaining schedule as well. Um, they have the Red Sox series, they have the Blue Jays series and they have the Rays series. So like, it's just like three really, really tough series to finish out the season. 
Uh, I'm not super confident in their ability to make it through. So the Yankees, I think the probably... Yankees were eight of their eight losses of their last nine in their last ten. <laughs> That's all. You no, no, no. So in the in the in like the previous, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it got you know muddled, but yeah, I. <laughs> the Yankees are I, not bad though. They are quite bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. What about the National League West, Bart? Give us an update there and what you think is going to happen. Analysis of the National League West, I have to admit, was actually fun. Let me tell you why. Okay. Because of the dozen matchups left for both of the Giants and uh, the Dodgers, the two teams that are relevant, three-fourths of their series overlap. <laughs> so it makes it pretty easy. So they each have a series left against the Padres, the, uh, sorry, the, Padres, the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks. So really the question, like I'm considering those are going to be more or less a wash. Um, so the fourth series, though, for the Giants, it is once against once again against the measly Padres. For the Dodgers, it's against the Brewers. That's right, the NL Central leading <laughs> 91 right. and 59 Brewers. <laughs> yeah, so like you might be thinking um, that the, the series against the, the Brewers is kind of going to be like meh uh, because they're pretty locked into the, the second seed, and you're probably right. Um, but they technically could still slip to the third. I mean, there's only a dozen games left, and I think there's six spots ahead, so they probably will be fine, but yeah. But the bigger point is that the Padres have really been bad recently. They slipped a lot in September. Uh, I, I think they lost eight of their last ten. They're four, four games out of the playoffs now, which is the most they've been out all year. So I really like the Giants' chances just because they're, they get to play the Padres twice. Um, like other than that, I think most like most things are washed. Like the the Giants are second in in team pitching ERA, and the Dodgers are first. For instance, like they're really even teams, and it makes sense that the Giants are only ahead by one win. Um, but like I just think the Giants have an easier schedule going forward. So yes, I am betting against big money, and I could not be happier to do so. I love seeing the jo- Dodgers struggle, and I think yeah. the, the Giants will be the team that comes out of the NL West. Well, as the first seed. Yeah. Throwback to the start of the season when we all said, at least half of us said, the Padres were going to be the Dodgers' biggest threat in the National League, and lo and behold, it's the Giants. That's that's okay, no. surprising. No, I mean to be fair, nobody saw like the Giants coming yeah, exactly. this season, like yeah. in the least. So, with Gabe Kapler, ex Phillies manager, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How about the uh, well, take yeah. us away with the National League wild card, Aiden? Yeah. So the the. The first wildcard spot is going to go to the loser of the NL West battle, as Bart was talking about, which is kind of um, tragic, given that the the Dodgers are currently 15 and a half games ahead of the second place wildcard. Oh, wow. <laughs> but they'll have to play them in a, in a one-game playoff that's essentially a toss-up. Um, yeah. So I, I would honestly take joy if the Dodgers ended up losing in the one-game playoff, but um, it does feel a little bit a little bit wrong. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to be talking about the second wild card spot because I don't think the first one is really up for debate at the moment. Um, as far as the contenders, we've got the Cardinals in first um, or in, in the second spot at the moment. They've won their last nine. Um, they're currently winning in, I think, the eighth or ninth inning. So it's probably going to be 10. Um, and what's really impressive about it is that all like the teams that they beat during the stretch were all other teams contending for the, the wild card. The Reds, the Mets, and the Padres, they just like blew through them. Um, so that they look pretty threatening. The one thing, one potential strike against them is that of their last 14, they've also got a bunch against the Brewers, the you know, equally hot first place Brewers. Um, seven of their last 14 are against them. So that's that's kind of tough. Um, and I was when I initially prepared this, I was gonna say that I, I think the Phillies are gonna overtake it 
overtake them because of their just super easy schedule with the the Orioles, the Pirates, <laughs> um, and the Marlins, um, and, and the Braves. But that's a you know um, three of those series are against you know the the worst teams in the MLB. Um, but at this point, after two straight losses, the Phillies are four and a half games back of the Cardinals with twelve games left. It just that's that's too big a divide as far as I can see. Um, the other options we got the Reds, who are three and a half games back of the Cardinals. They have not been super hot of late. They've lost their last eight series, um, so that's that's not great. Um, they they also have like a pretty easy schedule remaining, but they're just they're not hot enough as far as I can see. Um, and then as as Bart was mentioning, the Padres have looked oof. They've really fallen apart. Um, no momentum there. Machado and Tatis Jr. are apparently yelling at each other in the dugout about stuff. <laughs> Um, and they've got got to play the Braves and the Giants in their final uh, few games. So I really do think it's it's the Cardinals' race to lose, and the only other team that I think has a shot are the Phillies at this point. Um, but I think that's even a bit of a stretch. So I think it's going to be a, a Dodgers and uh, Cardinals wild card game. So yeah, I feel like you always knew that the Machado Tatis would would end in you know something like Could this at least, up. but more yeah. on the Machado <laughs> side. Apparently it's more the Tati side uh, in this case, but so that's interesting. Um, they don't need him. They should trade him to the Twins. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why you got some enlightenment? Yeah. Why do you have some uh, enlightenment for us on this? No, I totally blacked out the entire segment. <laughs> oh I, 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 I actually didn't even know that we had a baseball segment in here. I would have planned my day differently. <laughs> In our next I mean, segment, we're going to have Wyatt, man. We're gonna have Wyatt <laughs> try and name as many MLB teams as <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, I can. I can probably name all of them. Okay, oh, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll try next time. <laughs> you have to make sure you're not using your computer, yeah, though. Yeah, we should do an episode that's just like Sporkle, like name all the like, teams in every league. <laughs> See how good we can collectively do. I could not tell you what division they're in, though. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't. Anyway, the final segment, we got the whack top 25. Uh, the more college football I watch, you know, to Wyatt's credit, the more I think he was right about parody around yeah. the, the FBS this year. He doesn't get many things right, but th- there's one right there. Uh, I know Lucas hates the rankings. How much do the rest of us hate these rankings? So for each team, we're going to go by the AP rankings. You're going to tell me if they're overrated, underrated, or ranked just right based on their resume and your like gut feeling how good you think they are subjective talent basically let's gonna start off with uh you know a hot team on this sort of stuff number four oklahoma wyatt what do you, what do you think i have no idea if i did this segment right but i think that they're overrated um they're, right now they're ranked at number four which puts them in the college football playoffs their resume to me puts them at number five they're undefeated they're a top flight program and they're gonna get the benefit of the doubt a couple months ago, we did a podcast, and I said sometimes the committee uh, puts people up based on clout, and I think Oklahoma is one of those teams. Subjective and slash talent-wise, I would rank them at nine. They don't look like the Oklahoma of old. Spencer Rattler, to me, who was supposed to be like the unanimous number one overall pick, Heisman front runner. You know, you're tanking for Spencer Rattler, the... Texans and you know all and uh, the Falcons were all like kind of competing to get Spencer Rattler. If it, if it were me, I, I don't think I would be buying into that. He doesn't look like uh, any bit of a Heisman level quarterback or the number one overall pick. 
they had a really low scoring game against Nebraska. And right now, as a team who wants to move into the SEC, they would be eaten alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you did that segment perfectly. That's how it was intended. So good job. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. I don't think yeah. they're that good of a team. Yeah. Nine's good. Nine's mm-hmm. fair in terms of talent. What about uh, number five, Iowa, Aiden? Where do you see them at? I actually have them as underrated purely because, as Wyatt mentioned, I think the team ahead of them um, is not worthy of the fourth spot. So I think Iowa should be number four at mm-hmm. the moment. Um, I think their resume, it's as good as anybody, at least at the moment. Um, they've beaten two ranked teams, Indiana and Iowa State. Uh, we don't know how good either of those teams really is, but they did beat up both of them. They beat Indiana 34-6 to and Iowa State 27-17. to Not a beat up, but it wasn't really a close game. Um, so I, I think they should be above Oklahoma, definitely based on resume. Um, in terms of, you know, talent, defenses look great. You know, they're giving up 10 points a game. Uh, the defensive line was kind of a concern coming into the season because they lost a bunch of guys to the NFL. Um, but it's been it's been great against the rush, allowing just two and a half yards of carry. Um, been been high with the sack numbers. Offense is a little is a little sketchy. That's what's going to be interesting as they kind of head into some potentially tougher games, uh, especially Penn State in three weeks. Um, Spencer Petras, their QB, is he's fine. He's a game manager. Um, 58% completion rate, 460 yards and two TDs over three games. So, I mean, doesn't have any interceptions, so he's good at protecting the football. They've got a pretty good run game, um, but uh, he's probably going to have to step up a little bit um, as they face tough games against Penn State and potentially later in the season, especially in a, if they have to play Ohio State and say, a, a Big Ten championship. Uh, but I think based on resume, based on what we've seen at the moment, I'd say they're above Oklahoma. So I think they're four. They deserve a playoff spot, at least at the moment. Okay. Not the Big Ten team we thought would be, you know, in the playoff. Yeah, no. Speaking of another Big Ten team, though, that Aiden mentioned, what about Penn State, currently at number six? What do you think, Bart? Uh, I think Penn State is rated. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. it's, it's fine where they're at. Um like Iowa and like Bama, those are the other two teams in the top 10 that also have already beaten two ranked teams. Uh, unlike Iowa, they didn't smack the ranked teams they played, like Auburn and Wisconsin. They only beat each of them by one score. But, I mean, you, you, you play the schedule you have, and a win is a win, I think. So, in that sense, they're definitely impressive. Um, we don't know exactly what Wisconsin and Auburn are going to be this year. Um, all of their other games were wins, but they were all kind of like buttercup matchups. But still, I mean, like, especially given the love that the SEC gets, I think you have to respect an Auburn win. Um, so in that sense, I think six is fine. But, like, talent-wise, I do think Penn State is overperforming right now. Um, they just don't, like, they don't strike me as, like, having particularly, like, sexy, if you will, talent. Um, I, I think their offense is their strong suit. Like, their quarterback, um, Sean Clifford, has been quite good this year. Uh, Joe Jahan Dotson, I think that's how you say it, is, like, one of the best receivers in the country uh, and the running back, Noah Kane, is like also, he was a really highly recruited running back. He missed all of last season. Um, he literally got injured on like his third play or something like that. But anyway, so their offense is quite good, but their defense I don't think is anything super special. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that Wisconsin and Auburn were actually not super impressive wins and Penn State ends up falling a few times later on in the season just based on their talent. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. I think resume... Number six is pretty justified, but I'm still Penn State skeptic for sure. But also, I'm sure you, some of you guys watched the game. The officiating in that game was atrocious. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Let, what about uh, Wyatt? Go ahead. 
No, just the 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 punt specifically the punt from oh. that got punted on third down went over from second down to fourth down. Yeah, that's terrible. Cannot happen. Then that's a crazy. It's a crazy thing to happen. And they came yeah. in and talked about it too. And then they're like, "Yep, fourth down." What? <laughs> yeah. Jared like texted me when that happened. He's like, "Did that just happen?" I, yeah, like, I went back and rewound real quick, and I was like, "They totally <laughs> skipped a town." I think I said like, "No, I just like zoned out." I think like I really just thought that that had happened, but right, exactly. it's crazy. I've never seen anything happen like that. Yeah, maybe like financially reimbursed for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about uh number seven Texas A and M Lucas? Where are they overrated and underrated? Rated? I think based on resume, they're probably slightly overrated at this point. I think they're definitely they. If I'll use Notre Dame as a barometer here, they should be rated above Notre Dame because they have beaten the bad teams that they've played pretty resoundingly. They beat Kent State, um, forty-one to ten. They beat New Mexico thirty-four to nothing. So they did away with the bad teams. So in that case, if Notre Dame is the base at twelve, they're at least higher than twelve. But I don't know if they're... Seven, I think, is a little generous given how they played against the only Power 5 team they played so far. They only beat Colorado 10-7. to This past weekend, Colorado lost 30 to nothing to Minnesota. So I'm not <laughs> sure how good a team Colorado actually is. I mean, like, you know, there's always issues with doing, like, transitive property of how good teams are. But, like, it's, it's tough in that, like, their one test, they only put up 10 points. They're going to face way better defenses this year. Um, and that team doesn't even appear to be that good. So it seems to me a little bit like a reputation rank. I think the rankings love Jimbo Fisher. I think that they like that, you know, Texas a was good last year. I think they're probably like 10 or 11 if I had to put it based on resume at this point, just because they do have so many convincing wins they've won ever, or those two convincing wins. They, um, you know, have talent. Um, but I think seven might be a little high. Um, in terms of just like subjective talent for this year, the defense is elite. Like, there's no question about it. They've allowed 10, 7, and 0 points in their three games. Like, 17 points across three games, despite the level of competition, is incredible. I think the offense is not very good, though. I mean, I think you see that when they play Colorado and only score 10. The quarterback, Zach Calzada, is, uh, is no Kellen Mond. He was even like horribly inefficient against New Mexico, which is not a team with a very good defense. He was 19 for 33, he threw a pick. So talent-wise, I think the defense is maybe like a top six or seven, but I think the offense is probably like top 25. Um, and I just don't think that'll hold up in the SEC this year. Like, I think they're a team who's like rated highly now just because they haven't blown it. Um, and they've played good enough teams, but I think that once they get into the heart of the SEC schedule, they'll probably drop two or three and end the year like 15-ish range. Yeah. What about uh, number eight, Cincinnati, Wyatt? As far as their resume is concerned, I can keep them at number eight. They've been on the college football playoff radar for a couple of years now, and I'm not exactly going to knock them off just because they won games. They're 3-0 and uh, after three weeks of football, so it's they can stay right where they are. As far as talent goes, I'm bumping them out of the top, 12, uh, top 10. They're going to go down to 11 or 12 for me. When I watched that game against Indiana, it was incredibly sloppy. There are a lot of bad to- turnovers on both sides. It was very emotional, and I know that there's a way you can spin it and say, like, oh, I love the grit from a tough Cincinnati <laughs> team to finish out that game. But quite frank- frankly, you're not going to get those breaks against college football playoff-level team. When you think about the top, the best four player, or excuse me, when you think about the best four teams in college football, I just can't put them up there as competing against 
you know, even Oklahoma, who sits at number four, or Iowa, or Alabama, of course not, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, I don't think that they would even really stand a chance. And I know that they play Notre Dame soon, correctly, right? Um, mm-hmm. I just think that it's going to kind of show a lot of holes in what is a good, fun, gritty team with not a lot of big play or flash talent, to be honest. Yeah. I think they've been a little underwhelming, to be honest, in terms of the way they've played in some of their games, but it's a good assessment. You lose Marcus Freeman, you know, it all just goes downhill. Yeah, and the team that gets him... Yeah. I got number 13, Ole Miss. I'm I'm going to say they're they're a little overrated. Pretty close, but I think a little overrated. Like I think they're better than teams behind them like Iowa State, for example. But Arkansas? Who knows? Auburn, honestly, who knows? You know, we'll see about that. But um I think basically it's it's just an SEC team with a really good offense so the AP loves them and they're I feel like the AP inflates the teams that Alabama plays to be honest. Like I don't know if it's purposely or a subconscious thing or whatever. But they just don't play SEC defense. Like, Bama's probably going to throw up 60 in their game against Ole Miss this week. They did it last year. And, you know, they're, they're Ole Miss is going to put up their points probably too, but I don't think they have the defensive talent to sustain number 13 right there. So I think they're probably closer to maybe in the 20s, to be honest. We'll see We'll see how, they, how the rest of the season plays out. But, yeah, both on subjective and resume, a little overrated, but subjective, definitely overrated, I think. Um, what about BYU at sitting at 15 right now, Lucas? I think they're a little underrated, actually. I know, I know. I think I might have had a little addition by subtraction here, losing Zach Wilson. Uh, I think the team is very good. Um, they've, beaten, <laughs> they've beaten three Power 5 teams to start off the year, and I really tried hard to like find the stat, but I don't think anybody else has done that so far this year at this point. We have three games to start off the year against Power 5 teams. Um, mm. All teams in the Pac-12, they beat Arizona, they beat Utah, and they beat Arizona State, which might not be the most yeah. elite of Pac-12 talent, but to be fair, there isn't really much elite Pac-12 talent, it seems, outside of Oregon oh my this goodness. year. I mean, come on. No, that's <laughs> the, right, though. The Pac-12 is absolutely <laughs> underwhelmed this year. Um, that being yeah. said, like having three Top Power eight. 5 wins is impressive. <laughs> um, I think it's... Uh, a legitimately good team. I think they have a better case to be. I think they have a case to be ranked higher than Iowa State, who's right above them. Than Ole Miss. Oh yeah. You just mentioned Jared is above them. Probably a better case to be ranked above Notre Dame, truthfully, at this point. Um, and those are the teams right above them. So I think like, honestly, Florida too. I know they kept Bama close, <laughs> but uh, I don't know how good they actually are. They have a loss. Um, I think BYU is probably in like the ten to twelve range at this point, and only being at fifteen underrates them a little. Um, in terms of talent, like, I mean, clearly they're not one of the more talented teams out there. Um, the defense is quite good. Um, it's, they have a lot more than 20 points, which is especially for college. It's really impressive. Uh, the quarterback, Jaron Hall, seems to be okay, up and down. Uh, he was pretty good against Arizona and Utah, but had a couple picks against Arizona State. It was pretty inefficient. Um, so, talent-wise, I don't know if they're, like, a top-10 team necessarily, but the remaining schedule is like kind of easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like there, I think there's a very realistic chance to go 12 and 0 this year. They have South Florida, Utah State, Boise, which will be tough. Baylor, who's not great. 
Wash Wazoo, who I don't think is good. Uh, UVA yeah, might be all right. All right. Idaho State, Georgia Southern, and USC. I think like USC know, will be called... their toughest game probably. Yeah, them or Boise, I think. Um, yeah. And I think that um, there's a legit shot to go twelve and zero. So while they might not have the most talent, I could see them ending the year like six or seven or something like that, and like getting a New Year's six berth. Okay. Just because they went out. They're definitely an interesting 3-0 team. And we got a couple yeah. other interesting 3-0 teams. The first one being, the next one being Arkansas. Bart, what do you say here? Yeah, you you mentioned them earlier. I think I agree with you that they are slightly underrated, actually. I think resume-wise, it's fine. Um, it really hinges on how good you think Texas is. I don't think that that Texas win is very impressive, personally. Um, and then their other two wins are pretty meh. I mean, they beat Rice 38-17. Texas beat Rice 58-0. So, I mean, it's like in that sense, you know, I know Lucas talked about the transitive property, but that doesn't look good for them. But I do think the resume is better than like the next four teams. I looked at Coastal Carolina, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State. So that's fine. But their talent is actually quite impressive. Like they are eighth in the country right now in rushing yards per game as a team. Their rushing attack is absolutely crazy. Their quarterback is really good at running. And then they have like four or five running backs who are averaging five yards a carry. It's nuts. Uh, their quarterback, um, KJ uh, Jefferson has been claimed by some people I've seen as one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, which is saying something because it's a stacked conference. So that's cool. But kind of like what I was saying with Penn State, uh, their defense is just like meh. Um, And the real concern for me is the fact that they are not like BYU in that their schedule is crazy. Coming up, they play four ranked teams in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, They have A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Auburn. (laughs) Back to back to back to back. So they them being ranked might be like a memory... Of a memory, of a month from now. Um, but I'll definitely be curious to see if their offense can carry them through. Like if they can go two and two there. But uh, I think right now they are slightly underrated. Fair. All right, here's here's a really interesting team here. Number nineteen, Michigan, who's three, who has a better record than Ohio State right now. <laughs> Overrated, underrated, rated. Yeah, I think rated. Um, they've done no wrong at this point. They smacked Western Michigan and Northern Illinois as they should. Uh, they easily took care of a, a what looks like a bad UW team. Um, but they're still largely unproven. And I think the number 19 reflects that. It's kind of surprising. I Like, it's surprising to me that, like, Coast, uh, Torino Coastal Carolina team is ranked at 17 above them. Not because yeah. they shouldn't be. Uh, but I feel like the Michigan name, I would have expected to hold some weight to bring them, bring them higher than that. Um, so I think 19 is uh, appropriately conservative at the moment. Um, in terms of talent... Uh, their, their running back, Blake Corum, has been raking it in. 8.5 yards a carry and seven touchdowns so far. Cade McNamara looks solid at QB. Not amazing, but solid. Defense has looked good. Um, so I think I think they're ranked just right. Um, it'll be interesting to see them. They head into like a pretty, or they have a pretty tough schedule going forward. They've got Wisconsin in two weeks. Um, and then they've got a Michigan State game um, coming up, who's also ranked, and then Penn State and Ohio State in the last couple of weeks of the season uh, to really finish out the gauntlet. So we'll we'll see them tested, uh, but for the moment, I feel like they've been they, they deserve where they're at at the moment. Gotcha. Yeah, and then I'll finish finish it off with uh, number twenty two Fresno State on resume. They are one hundred percent underrated right now. They have the best loss. Other than Florida, losing to the number three team on the road, nonetheless. Then they go into UCLA, they go into the Rose Bowl and beat them on the road in an absolute thriller. I mean, they should be higher than UNC based on resume right now. 
honestly, they could. I think they can make a case to be right next to BYU. Like Iowa State, what are they doing in front of Fresno State? <laughs> uh, Fresno State would beat Iowa State today if they played. I think in, in terms of talent, though, um, I think it's a good rating. <laughs> you know, I, I think we'll see. Like you know, I th- like I said, I think they could beat a, a team like Iowa State, but could they beat Notre Dame? Not sure. Could they beat Florida? No, I don't think so. So um, I think it's like pretty fair where they're at talent wise, but yeah. I mean, they're an exciting team, nonetheless. They definitely, like, they're well-coached and everything. So, um, I'm sure we have mentioned a team in here as well, but who is, uh, quickly, who has been this season's biggest fraud? I think I know Lucas's answer 100%. It's Let's Oklahoma. Say it on three. Yeah, I was going to say Okay. Oh, what? Oklahoma as well. Not Notre Dame? Yeah, Notre Dame. Well, I mean, Notre Notre Dame Dame is a, a close second. <laughs> but, like, I, nothing Oklahoma has done has been impressive. Yeah, Clemson also. Um, yeah. Okay. They Clemson yeah. has, like, a bottom a bottom half offense this year also. Yeah, Clemson, I know they do. <laughs> Clemson should not be above Florida. I, I know, Lucas, you were down on or you said that, um, what's it called, BYU should be above Florida. Florida played, like, pretty much played to Bama's level, and they're yeah. below yeah. Clemson. <laughs> And they're they're above Ohio State in the coaches poll, but below them in the AP poll. That's I I don't believe that. Don't yeah, believe that. no, Florida. State, I I don't know, like Clemson played South Carolina as one win over yeah. South Carolina State. That's legitimately impressive. And then they barely beat Georgia Tech, fourteen yeah. to eight. Yeah, that was terrible. Weekend. So like pitiful. They, they like <laughs> they have seventeen combined points against FBS schools at this yeah. point. Which Where's the DJ that played against Notre Dame? I just don't. I don't think yeah. Where yeah. Goodness. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll see how it goes. Yes, we will, Lucas. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at You Thought Sport and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you're feeling like you're on TikTok and you want to find another page to hopefully fall in love with, go ahead and look us up there as well at the same, hash, uh, same tag. Um, thank you for listening this week, and we will catch you next week.